this is bavarali i have beaten the orphan path by giving education Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast, the show where we feature unusual success stories to help us all think outside the box in our lives and in our life's work. Even though I've interviewed many millionaires on this show by now, I've been very careful to not define success ever in monetary terms. And today's guest is proof of why. Babur Ali is an inspirational story like you've never heard before, and I can't wait to share his journey with you. When he was just 9 years old, he started his own school. Now many children in his village were unable to get an education due to extreme poverty. So he took everything that he learned in his own education 10 kilometers away and he had to walk and he taught all of that to the other children in his village in his parents' backyard. 19 years later, he has his own school with 400 students a year. He's been recognized by the BBC, TED, Forbes Asia and many more. In short, you won't find a more inspirational tale than that of Babur Ali. Keep in mind that we are recording this Zoom from around the world and he's located right now in a remote part of India with no light and a very unstable internet connection. The audio and video may be hard to see and understand, but I'm doing this in the hopes that his core message will still shine through and what a core message it is. So here's Babur Ali. Welcome, yes. Babur. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me on this podcast. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am to chat with you because you have one of those rare stories that is truly 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 inspirational. I think everybody who watches this is going to get so much out of this conversation. So, let's just jump right in. Maybe tell us a bit about so what is it that you do? What's your life's mission and how did you get there? So at first thank you very much for this opportunity so i am from india and um, from india in uh, the province is west bengal and our district is murshidabad and our district it is one of the poorest district across the country in india and it is near indo bangladesh border So in the year of 2002 when I was a student of class 5 and a boy of 9 years old I myself used to attend 10 km far away school and after returning from my school I saw the children like my age they are working in the fields or grazing cattle or working at their houses they are collecting garbage at the rag pickers girls they are working as the house so i collected eight of them include my sister and started teaching in my family backyard and that was that time there was no particular syllabus whatever i have learned from my own school 10 km far away school i used to teach with those students gradually it became a, a it became my passion my my night dream my heart my love everything and it became the dreamland for helpless children and it was named anondo shikha niketan the home of joyful learning so basically i love to teach and i realized for those children who are unable to at, to attend the schools or who are unable to get opportunity of education and um, this year 19th october of 2021 we are going to complete our my 19 years of journey wow 
Okay, so you noticed as a small child that there was not equal access to education. A lot of people your age, when you were in fifth grade, you were nine years old, a lot of people that you knew didn't have access to any kind of education, and you yourself had to travel 10 kilometers away to get to your school. And everything that you learned, you went and you taught kids in your own backyard. So you became a teacher at the age of nine to other kids. Yes. So what, what was it? Do you remember? Obviously, you were very young at that age. What was it that motivated you to do that? Yes. So basically, you see my father, though he is a school dropout, but he had a great interest about education. So he inspired me and he admitted me 10 kilometers far away school. So, but I saw the children, though I, I saw the children like my age, they are unable to attend the school, but I myself getting opportunity to get education. Mm -hmm. So it came in my mind, if I can do something positive for themselves. So every day afternoon, actually morning I was the student and mm -hmm. afternoon, after coming back from my school, so I gathered those children in my family backyard and started teaching. So basically I love to teach those children. And then I realized that I myself getting education, but if I can do for others who are unable to get education, that it will, it will be better for our society. So my determin determination and my passion, it helped me to continue my mission. Wow, that's truly excellent. So for those people who come from countries who are not aware of who, who have more opportunities, let's say, I think this is something very important for everybody to realize that in the world there are not just a few, but literally millions of children, right? Is that correct? Who don't have yes, any kind yes. of access to education of any kind, and their families are too poor to afford even the most modest expenses, right? So as a small boy, what were some of your peers doing at that age? You mentioned some were working in a field. What else were they doing? Yes, so you see the place where I am from, it is very difficult to do to do some positive works because mm -hmm. lots of challenges is there. So when I was a student, you see, my mother, she was the first person who came forward to help me. But initially, my father, actually, he had an ambition to see me as an administrative officer. So he thought that if I can share my own lessons with others, maybe my own education is going to be hampered. So he warned me not to continue this work. But what I did, I again gathered those children at a nearby village jungle. And then again, he came to know that my son is doing the same work. And one day he asked a retired degree college principal. He was associated with my father that my son is doing this work. Mm. Can I allow him? And he told, yes, your son is doing a good work. And if he can do good for the society, God will help him. Mm. And he also became convinced and came forward with all kinds of help. So at first to convince my father, mm -hmm. then you see my, my uh, classmates, even few of my teachers, they also discouraged me. They told, thought that I am going to spoil my own education mm. to educate others. Mm. So they discouraged me. On the other hand, when I founded my institution, Anundo Shikha Niketan, the home of joyful learning, the village elders were very skeptic to educate their children as because they were not educated themselves. Hence, 
they use their children as the helping hand, as the earning member. Mm. To send the girls' children at our school, there was a strong reservation. So when I pursued to the parents to send their children at our school, the first question I was asked that how education will be important even who cannot afford two squares a meal in a day and mm. to educate girls, they will not find husbands. Actually, the early marriage problems was existed in our society. Mm. On the other hand, there was religious biasness, lots of discouragement. So at what age did you decide to open your institute for joyful learning? So that time I was just nine years old. You opened an institute at nine years old? Yes, nine years old. How did you find a building or or was it not a building? It was just your backyard. Where was it? Yes, Yes. so it was in the year of 2002. I was a student of class five and a boy of nine years old. So it was under the open sky in my family backyard. Basically, I started my school under a guava tree, mm. under a guava tree in my family backyard. And there was no roof. So basically under the open sky. So from 2002 to 2015, my school was in my family backyard and it was under the open sky. Wow. And from 2016, we got uh, permanent structure at our for our institution. Not only that, we have um, the development of um, we have lots of development in our institution right now. It almost feels like a crime to interrupt this episode with a promotional piece, so I'll keep it very short and sweet. I'd like to remind you that the only way a podcast ever grows is with the help of its listeners and with its viewers. So if you're enjoying these kinds of stories, if you like finding these kinds of people and getting that inspiration in your own life, I ask you, please support the show in whatever way you can. It can be as simple as leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, commenting on the video on YouTube, following me on Instagram at the Ross Palmer, commenting, sharing, liking any of the posts you see. Do whatever you can. Share his story with anybody who needs to see it today or hear it today, and I would be extremely grateful. Really help me grow this podcast with you. So let's get back to Barbara Ali. And I think I saw from your website that you used to take leftover chalk from your school and that at first the teachers thought that you were stealing chalk, but when they learned that you were actually using that chalk to teach other children at home... How did they react then? Okay, so there is there are lots of sweet memories and interesting stories uh, in my life. So one of them is, so when I was, so before that, I want to give you one more story. That mm-hmm. um, after my fifth standard annual examination, I decided to inaugurate my school. So in the month of April, um, in the year of 2003, I collected sari from my mother and the village women, made a pandil and asked that retired degree college principal to inaugurate my school. And he did that and it was named Anondo Shikha Niketan, the home of joyful learning. Mm-hmm. And in the same year, I mean, so when I, uh, I was a student of class six, so every day I asked for broken chalk from my school teacher. So one day she asked my classmates that why he is asking for broken chalks every day? Is he writing something in the school premises or in the blackboard? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And they told, no, madam, he started his school and he became the headmaster. Every day he is collecting these jobs and he is teaching the poor students in his village. And when she came to know about my story, he became amazed and he came forward with a full box of chalk. Oh, that's great. Yes. So were you collecting materials to teach? Like, did you have a chalkboard back there out under the guava tree? Yes. So there was no board, blackboard. Actually, you see, there was a shape like a board and it calls tiles in Bengali. It usually used for roof mm. in, 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 in our place. So we just use that as the blackboard. Uh, initially, students, they, they, we asked them to write the Bengali alphabet, English alphabet. And so there was no proper blackboard. So just the shape of a blackboard and it called tiles. And that used as the blackboard that time. Okay. Did you have access to any books or anything like that? Or what? Yes, the access of books is my book. So at first, uh, my, my syllabus, I used to tease them. Then I decided that these students, they are the first generation learner. They should learn the alphabet, the local language at first. So what I did, I collected rice from the villagers, every villagers. So they gave back one TT of 100 gram, or it looks like that. Then I sold it to a local grocery shop. And I think I raised 20 rupees, Indian rupees 20 that time. And I purchased 20 Bengali alphabet book, Hmm. Bengali local language alphabet book, and I distributed it to the students. So it was the first book that I introduced to our students. And gradually, when the people came to know the local media, local administration, when I wrote to them that I have the school, the local Ramakrishna mission, when I wrote them, and when they became interested that a small boy is running a school, and he took charge of hundreds of students, they became amazed, and then they came forward um, to supply the books. Before that, what I did, I also collected the old books. Even sometimes I also, um, I mean, stole books oh. from the, <laughs> just to tease the students. And gradually when the peoples came to know, they came forward to help me with the Bob uh, books and everything. That's great. So you said that you, you collected 20 rupees from the villagers. Did the village support, did the people support what you were doing? Did they realize that what you were doing was important or were you on your own in the beginning? You see, there is the mixed, there is the mixed feelings. Basically, you see the peoples, they thought that many peoples have, of course, some parents, they told, they thought that when I gave them my own example, that you see my father, or my parents, they sent me 10 kilometers far away school. I am getting education. Why? Your child, they should not be. They should come into the arena of education, mm. in the light of education. Mm. So many parents, parents, they became happy. They became motivated by my words. On the other hand, many people, they thought that what he is doing, a small boy is running a school and they keep harassing me. And the religious biased people, they thought that what is the importance of modern education? Mm. This is not necessary. And many people, jealous people, ill-motivated people, 
they made conspiracy to stop my school. So basically, the my life is full of struggle, and mm. I had to suffer much, struggle much. But I did not give up hope. I hoped against hope and fought tooth and nail to combat all the adversities. So in my life, you see, I have faced different kinds of problems. Even it was a life challenge for me to bring the light for yeah. the children. To bring the so, light. And, and the, how did the, the how did the children feel about this? Were they happy that you were teaching them? Yes, of course. That's why my school name is Anondo Siksa Niketan in Bengali name. This is a Bengali name. And English meaning is the home of joyful learning. Yeah. So the concept, after inaugurating my school, I asked that retired degree college principal that what should be the suitable name for my institution. And he suggested me that uh, I am just observing here at your school, students, they are taking their classes in joyful atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Then your school should be Anondo Shiksha Niketan, the joyful learning. And not only that, you see the students and my, we are in the same age or they are the younger than me. So they can ask me anything. They can, so it's just a joyful atmosphere it was. So of course, the students who, are, who came at our school, um, of course, they, they happily um, got their education from my institution. On the other hand, as a teacher, of course, I am their friend, philosopher and guide. On the other hand, as the headmaster, I am a very serious headmaster. Uh, so <laughs> there is the mixed no role nonsense. that I mean. Yes. <laughs> and in 2009, you were honored by the BBC. Tell us about that. Yes. So you see, I already told you that my since my childhood, my, my life is full of struggle. Mm -hmm. So... And I already mentioned to you that my inspiration, Swami Vivekananda's epoch-making doctrine, service to man is service to God. It inspired me to continue my mission. Mm -hmm. And I have faced different kinds of challenges. From my, in different kinds, even many people thought that I am not going to um, I clear my 10th standard board examination here, the secondary school. But you see, after my 10th standard examination, our former chief minister, Buddhadev Bhattacharya, he felicitated me. Before that, many organizations, many great persons, local administration, they also became happy that a small boy is running a school. We should help them. We should motivate them, motivate him. And they did that. So there was, on the other hand, there was lots of struggle, difficulties. On the other hand, many good people also helped me. So after that, 2009, before that, my news, it became local to national, national to international. Then BBC came at our institution and uh, they observed everything. And then October um, 2009, they, and they, this is a coincidence. Even I started my school in the year of 2002, 19th October. And after seven years of journey in the year of uh, 2009, 19th October, same day, they, uh, uh, they gave me a title, the youngest headmaster in the world. And of course, uh, I became so happy. And then it gave me more responsibility 
to do many more works for my society, for my country, India, and for my world. So it gave me more responsibility. So exactly seven years after you founded your school, the 19th of October, you were discovered by the BBC and they called you the youngest headmaster in the world. You were 16 years old. They saw what you were doing in your school. Did, yes. did that attention change things for you? Did more people start learning about what you were doing at that moment? Yes, even before that also, many students came to join at my schools. And of course, BBC, BBC has the important role in my life and also for my institution. Mm-hmm. And you see, this is, this is not only for a school. My mission, education for all with equal opportunity. They give, they they shared this message across the globe. This is not only for one institution. They 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 shared my entire message, education for all with equal opportunity. And of course, this is the great achievement uh, in my life. And you see, of course, so many things has changed. Many people's noticed about my institution. Many oil officers across the country, even across the globe, they came forward to help me. Many people also praised me. And not only that, many younger generation, many like-minded people, they became motivated. They also wanted to do these kinds of work for the children who are still need education. So, of course, BBC make a big, big change, big difference for my institution, also for my life. I am grateful them. That's incredible. So you finally get this recognition and then other people around you start realizing, hey, this is something that I can do as well. I can start a school. I can teach people. I can just take what I've learned and I can share it with other people and we can all benefit the world that way. I think your mission is, it's incredibly noble that you took it upon yourself, equal opportunity education for all. How could there even be a better thing to work on. <laughs> That's truly a worthwhile pursuit, I think. And especially these days, as the world moves faster and faster and faster, some people have access to all of these tools and the internet and books and all of this knowledge, and other people don't. And there is a huge divide. So the world definitely needs more people like you who are trying to decrease that divide. Um, I'm very yes. glad that the BBC found you and that they did that. That's incredible. And I noticed that after that, in 2015, you had another big moment. Your school went away from the outdoor backyard, away from the guava tree. So we're talking at this point, 13 years after you started your school, what happened in 2015? So you see... So from 2002 to 2015, my school was under the open sky in my family backyard. My parents, they look after everything for the students. Of course, my friends, the teachers and the other staff, they also helped me. And after that, after the news of BBC, one of my mentor, Mrs. Almitra Patel, she is from India, Bangalore. And the other institution, like um, uh, other institutions, they came forward to help me to build my school. So we purchased land. Then the engineer from Bangalore and um, our oil research, and uh, they came forward to help me 
And finally, we built our school building. And I already mentioned to you that there is a good infrastructure with uh, modern technology, modern gadgets, everything we have. And we introduced such a remote area in India. And not only that, um, you see, um, um, for over 18 years, I mean, this year, 19th October 2021, we are going to complete our 19 years of journey. And more than 6,000 uh, 6, students, they have received completely free education from our school. 6,000 students, completely more free than. education. More than. That's yes. incredible. How do you even quantify the difference that that makes? Truly unbelievable accomplishment. Congratulations and for that. Thank you very much. And not only that, my former students, include my sister who was my student, after their university degree and after their teacher's training degree, because teacher's training is must in India to become a teacher. Hmm. So after their university degree and teacher's training degree, they became the teacher at our school. So they are teaching, they are giving back to the society. And they are my former students and my sister, who was my first student, she also became the teacher at our school. She's a teacher at the school. How many yes. students can you have? Are you in the same building today, the one from 2015? Uh, yes, same building, okay. but you see, it is updating because we are extending. This year also, I think from coming month, we are going to extend it again. So yes, so now we can accommodate around 400 students per year. 400 students, that's a proper yes, school. Free education, yes, completely free education. We are providing them uniform, book, and you see the infra basic infrastructure, computer learning, free tiffin, everything. There is a, there is no charge, a single rupee charge we did not ask them. So how how are you yourself getting funding to support this? So basically, there is no support from the government. So basically, we are dependent on donation from our oil research and the organizations. They are my strength, so they are helping me. That's why it is possible for me to continue my mission. Even, you see, uh, I am also giving them totally voluntary service for over 19 years. Mm -hmm. So you don't even collect a salary for the work that you do? No, sometimes honorium, but this is very minimum. But you see, uh, but you can say that this is completely voluntary. Otherwise, you see, if you have not the love, you see that now I am convinced that nothing can stand against firm determination, firm conviction, and firm will. The only things you should have into your heart are courage, purity, honesty, and above all, love. So actually, I heard the call of love in the core of my in the core of my heart and proceed and ultimately succeed. And I think we should have the motto. We must do something extraordinary in this soul human life. We must leave a mark on the soil in this earth. So this message, it is always in my mind. So it helps me uh, to continue this selfless work. Wow, that's truly remarkable. Oh my goodness. I love that. Now, at this point, if you can only take on 400 students, I imagine that, that there are a lot of people who maybe want to get in but can't. Are you, how do you select who becomes a student and who doesn't? So, 
students, everybody can apply. Then this is open for all. This is open for all. And you see, and of course, the needy students, they are coming at our institution, though this is open for all. So I mean, the weak, weaker section, the richest section, everybody can come. But of course, the first generation learner and the poor students, they are coming at our institution. So still now there is not a problem. So, uh, but in future, of course, we are going to extend our institution so that we can accommodate more students. And not only that, you see, my I have the big dream that I will open more schools in different parts of our country. This is not only in our province, but different province in our country. And I hope you will be happy that now my biographies became a part of syllabus in different curriculum. Mm -hmm. And in, in our uh, country, in one is great state, Karnataka, they are also introduced my biography in their uh, pre-university English textbook, in, in their uh, in Central Board of Secondary Education, also in abroad, in many publishing houses like Oxford University, Cambridge University, ICSE syllabus, they introduced about my work. So many younger generation, and not only that, I got chance to meet uh, many students uh, young aspirants, uh, I regularly invited in different places. So I always try to spread my message that education for all with equal opportunity. So many younger generation, they also want to do um, good works for our society. They have passion. They are just following their passion. And with all of these things, we can extend our institution. Not only that, we can build more institution across the country and later across the globe also. Wow. Truly remarkable. I, I think one of the main questions, everybody knows that there is value in what you are doing, obviously. 6,000 plus students later, what are some of the journeys, what are some of the success stories that you've seen from your students? Okay. So I already mentioned to you that my sister. six students, former yeah. students, include my sister. Yeah. They're all girls, but there was lots of difficulties to get, uh, I mean, uh, education for the girl children. And not only that, at our school, nowadays 60% is are girls and 40% is are boys. And, uh, and for, as the uh, teaching staff is 90% is are girls. So like my sister, I am giving one example. So one, one of our teacher names is Tumki Hajra. BBC also introduced her in the year of 2009. She was a student that time of mine. So what happened in 2006? So she, she came back as a migrant labor from another province to West Bengal. And her granddaughter, grandmother, Tulu Hajra, so, uh, last year she passed away. So she came, actually she was the fish monger. So every day morning she sells fish in the blaze market, door to door, door to door. She came to know that I am running an institution. She came and approached me that I want to educate my granddaughter at your school. And, but I am unable to pay fees or anything because I am poor. So I so she admitted her granddaughter at my school. And uh, you see that Chumki Hajra, she also did her Bachelor of Arts degree, teacher, teacher's training degree, and she became the teacher at our school. And not only that, uh, that lady, she was the widow, she was the fishmonger. So 
and she, she is the illiterate person, but the idea came in her mind that I should support this young boy. So what she did every day morning, she, she collected the children who are unable to attend the school and she bring back at, at my institution. So, so these are the example I can show you. There is lots of example like, so this is one of the example that the girl who came back as the migrant labor from another province. She admitted her, she got admission at my school. She studied oil and she worked as a domestic helper to earn money for her family. She did her university degree, teacher's training degree. Now she became the teacher. Now she is giving back to the society. These kinds of value is in her mind hmm. that our institution helped to grow. That's incredible. So people are becoming teachers. They're getting new opportunities. They're doing things that they never dreamed they could do. Um, now, you said that, you know, that 60% of your school is girls. And you also said that it's particularly hard over there for girls to get an education. Why is it so difficult for girls specifically to get educated where you are? So nowadays it is improving. Nowadays the girls are more enrolled in, in institution. In that time what happened? You see, they thought that what is the necessity of education? There is the early marriage was existed in our society that girls, they should get married, that marry. What is the importance of education? There was a religious biasness also, that we should not allow our girls' children to get educated. So these kinds of, I mean, societal problems, religious problems, and uh, even their mindset was not like that, that, that we should educate our children as far. So these kinds of problems, were existed in our society. Uh, now it is improved now, uh, but you see, I have faced lots of challenges to bring them in the field of education. Yeah, right. So they say it's not important. What's the point of getting an education? Meanwhile, I have a feeling that every girl that has gone through your school is very grateful <laughs> that they did, right? Are you Are you noticing that their family life is changing, that people graduate, that are they able to, aside from just working at the school, are they able to get a better life for themselves, for their families as a result of the education? Of course. You see, not only that, if a girl child, if she can educate herself, she can educate many of her child. Because a child at first, he or she, she, she can learn something from her mother. And not only that, after their education, they are leading a quality life and they can understand better. They can also bring change in their society, in their family. So, of course, these kinds of um, change are coming in our society because more girls are coming, but there is the equality, equality of status. Everything is also coming back in our society. This is, these are so important. That's so good. I completely agree. And you mentioned that you want to expand. So you're going to not only expand your current school, but you want to open up other schools around the country. How do you see that happening? Yes. So you'll see from 2009 to till now, I am traveling across the country. Many organizations, they invited me. And not only that, um, many 
uh, also in abroad also. So you see, and uh, now my uh, work, it became the part of syllabus also in different curriculum. So what happened? The like-minded peoples and the younger generation, they also became motivated. So when I am sharing my message and my dream, and they also, they approached me that we want to do something. We want to collaborate. Collaboratively, we, we, we can bring change. And so they are also offering me. So, so you see, and I am getting strength that I can do, I can extend my work across the country. So basically, of course, this is not only possible for me. If the peoples like you, if the younger generation, and if the like-minded peoples, if we can work togetherly, then only it is possible. So everywhere, different persons, they can manage this institution. So you see, this is the collective work. This is not only possible for Baburali. We need to bring thousands of Baburali in our society. Then only it is possible. So I am just trying to motivate them and I am getting good response and I will do my best to fulfill my mission. But this is not only possible for me. If we can work together, then only it is possible. Truly, truly wonderful. Wonderful stuff. I'm a tremendous fan. Boy, am I glad I found you. Um, I, I have really no words to say other than that. I'm, you know, it's, I'm just so glad that you're out there doing your thing. I'm so glad that you took it upon yourself to do this. And I just want to express how incredibly awesome it is that you have done this. And I think there is no greater gift that you can be giving the world, and I know you know this, than exactly what it is that you're doing. I think the gift of education is one that keeps on giving. And, you know, even though you've got, you were featured in Forbes Asia, you were a 30 under 30 list as a social entrepreneur, you know, you're a TED fellow as well. You've got many awards, but none of that matters. What matters is the mission. And I love that you have never deviated from that mission that you say, you know, we've got 6,000 plus down. How many more thousands can we do? How many millions of people can be impacted by your work? Um, how how old are you now, Babur? Right now, I'm 28 years old. 28 and years old. Yes, and this 19 year... 19 years old. 19, yeah, 19, yeah. 19 years yeah. of my journey. 19 years of your journey. Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you think you will ever stop or will you continue on this journey for the rest of your life, do you feel? Of course, you see, this is my passion. Many, you see, I did my double post-graduation degree. I have the good educational degree. I can easily manage a job or I can earn money. Even when I became famous, many people told me that you should go to abroad for educate yourself. But you see, I didn't never leave my country, never leave my place. I know that there are lots of challenges, mental, pro, mental. Um, I mean, um, physically, mentally, lots of challenges I have faced. Still now I am struggling. But you see, I always follow my passion and patience. This is the important thing in my life. And you see, when you mentioned about TED, I can share you a small story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I learned English alphabet when I was in fifth standard from my father, not from the school. So when I became TED fellow, even I did not know what is TED is, why they are calling me, calling me. Right. And, but when I, I, I went there, 
I saw that in my whole life, I did not see this kind of place. What a beautiful place it is. That time I was just 16 years old. And they, uh, they told me that you should speak in TED main stage. And that time I did not know in, uh, to, to speak in English. So I, I spoke in Bengali and, some, uh, and one of my friends from um, Bangladesh, our nearest country. He, he also a senior TED fellow, he translated in English. And then I determined and I promised them, if I get chance to speak again, I can speak in English. So over one year, I learned English through conversation. Though I am English honors students and I did my post-graduation in English and um, uh, history. So see, you see, hunger to learn, eager to know. This is the most important thing in, in my life. And I want to be a student forever. And you see, for my work, of course, I never thought that I have faced different kind of challenges. And you see, even, and not only that, I, I was a student. I was the, I am the teacher. I am the headmaster. Teacher to teach the students as the headmaster, lots of administrative works as the students. I always try to, to try to become an ideal students. Ideal students mean that you need to earn high score and everything. The all-round development, it is the important. As I believe that education is not a bookish knowledge, not a pack of information, but it is man-making. Man-making education is most important thing. So in, in my throughout my journey, I have achieved lots of um, I mean, uh, lots of uh, honor and everything, recognition. But on the other hand, I have also faced lots of challenges. But I always remember one thing, that is, go on bravely. Do not expect success in a day or year. Always hold on to the highest. Be steady. Avoid jealousy and selfishness. Be eternally faithful to the cause of truth, humanity, and your country. And you will move the world. And these two lines should be embossed on the tablet of our mind. Mile is to go before I sleep and mile is to go before I sleep. That is, I, I really can't think of any better way to, uh, to wrap this up than that right there. That's such a beautiful and powerful message. Um, I do want to give you a couple things, just quick questions before we, we end the call. One, what do you think the most important thing in life is? I'm curious. Yes, so you see in this world, you see, of course, uh, you see in this world, in the, in the time of globalization, digitalization, in, a, in our hand, we have everything like we are doing the online conversation nowadays. We have, we developed in our life. But the, what, the thing is, you see, the thing is, I already told you the value-based education. This is important in, uh, for a person's life. Value is the most important life. The commitment, the value, this is the most important life. Many people thought, told that you have earned lots of recognition, but why you are so simple? Because this is my art. This is most important thing for, uh, for a person's life that we need to maintain. Uh, for our own establishment, for our better world, we need to think for others. Nowadays, in, in, in whole world, there are different kinds of problems. But if we can think to solve those kinds of problems from our own 
way we can bring a change. So these kinds of value, if you bring in your life, I think you can be a successful person. Wonderful. Now I have one last question for you before we end it. And that is, what do you have to say to the people out there right now who take education for granted? There are many people who have not had to struggle the way that you have had to struggle or have not had to witness the struggles that you've had to witness your whole life. What message do you have for people who take their education and their their success, their privilege, their wealth, their country for granted? Of course, you see, they have lots to do. Of course, this is very necessary for our own establishment in their in this current situation in this current world. For our livelihood, it our own establishment is important. Apart from that, we should be a responsible citizen in our country or in the world. So become a responsible citizen. Do something from your own way. Even from a small way, do something for others who need your help. Maybe you need not to open a school. You just follow your passion, which will, be, which will help to, become, to bring a better society, a better world for our future generation. So do something. And lastly, our eminent person, our great leaders and the big persons, they left message for us. But... We need to realize those messages and we need to actualize those messages in our real life. We need to think for others. And lastly, the simple message, but it has lots of inner meaning. That is, be good and do good. Be good and do good. I love that. And we're going to put up the links to your website and to your school and hopefully people can donate. Where can people donate to help your cause? Yes, so we have the um, um, uh, website that is www.anundosiksaniketan.in. They are, we have, our now, the important thing is now our school got affiliation from West Bengal Board of Secondary Education to get the affiliation. This is also not so easy. There were lots of requirements and fulfillment to become full-fledged institution. And uh, it is also registered organization in India. So you can go through our website. Uh, and uh, and uh, you see, I can urge our entire community to help our in our mission with the help from our, um, I mean, fellow citizens. We can build a better society for our future generation. So thank you very much for this opportunity. And I am really happy to interact with you. And not only that, uh, thank you very much uh, to giving this opportunity to share this platform of sharing my beliefs, feelings, and experiences with such a beautiful audience. Well, again, thank you. The pleasure is truly all mine. It has been really wonderful to hear about your story this morning. I feel tingly all over. I'm excited. (laughs) It's such a great, great story. Again, I'm very glad I found you. It's a pleasure to meet you and to interact with you as well. So thank you for taking the time you are and for everything you are that you welcome. do. Yes, thank you very much. You are welcome at our institution and seek your blessings. And of course, of course, for over 19 years with the help of the peoples like you, 
with the support, not only the mental support, financial support, in different kinds of support you are giving to me personally and my institution also. That's why it is possible to run my institution in spite of lots of difficulties in my life. So with the help of the fellow citizens and the well-wisher philanthropists across the country, I want to achieve my dream education for all with equal opportunity. So thank you again and um, namaskar. Thank, thank you. you very much. And uh, with that, the official part of the podcast is over. Well, I don't know how you feel after listening to that episode, but I know that I will be forever changed. It was hard to hear at times. We struggled with internet connection. That much I understand, but I hope you were able to hear and see enough to know how truly remarkable it is what he's been doing. For 19 years, he's selflessly dedicated himself to one of the most noble causes you can possibly imagine. And it's just a reminder of how good people can be when they commit to doing good. I love this episode. As always, please help me grow the episode. If you like these kinds of guests, if you like the concept, share, subscribe, comment, rate it five stars. Go right now. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts right now. Rate it five stars right now. Leave a positive comment right now, not later, right now. Comment on his story on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Share the story on Instagram. Share the post on LinkedIn. Wherever you heard it, share it, comment. Help me grow this podcast so we can continue to bring inspiring stories from around the world. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it more than you know, and I will see you next time.